Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, six after the hour. Let's get going. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I'm sorry you were traveling today. The Federal Aviation Administration ordered a ground stop across America this morning, shutting down all travel by air across America. If you were in the air, you could land, but you were not then allowed to take off again. It was because of a failure of the NOTAM system, NOTAM, N-O-T-A-M. It stands for Notice to Air Missions. And so what this does I've had a so I have a lot of pilots who listen to my show. Uh, my flagship station is in Atlanta, where Delta is headquartered. There's a big Southwest hub. I have a lot of Delta and Southwest pilots. Now I got a couple of JetBlue and UPS and FedEx pilots who listen, who uh, regularly text me, send me information. I I, I love aviation. Um, I I wanted my pilot's license, and now that I'm in radio in the position I'm in, I'm not allowed to do it. Um, one day I want enough money to fly on priority jet instead of taking Delta, but I, I love flying on Delta. I, I'm, I know a number of the pilots. They've been very kind to me, even as I, I think the food on first class is crap, um, but that's okay. It's neither here nor there. It's just so frou-frou. It's like someone went to Noma and decided I'm going to plate your food with tweezers and serve you worms. It's just disgusting stuff. Uh, but nonetheless, I digress. So the NOTAM system allows pilots to learn information in real time uh, as uh, events occur. So, for example, if you're flying somewhere and a runway gets shut down at the airport you're running to, as you approach, the system will generate essentially a text message to you with the information that the runway is closed. If you're flying and there is unusual activity in the area, the the system based on where you are in the sky will give you information. Now, pilots have been complaining for a number of years that the system is overrun with useless information and so much information that they can't keep track of it. A few years ago, a uh, plane uh, had a, a an issue upon landing in San Francisco because the runway they landed on was supposed to be closed. And if I remember the details right, the, the NOTAM system was so cluttered with useless information that the pilots never even noticed the blurb that the runway they were trying to land on was closed. And it caused uh, mechanical uh, damage to the aircraft when they landed. So... There's been a uh, decision put in place after that to upgrade the system. Now, I'm not making this up. Some of you will think I have made this up. I am not making this up. I promise I'm not making this up. I was tipped off by a handful of pilots. And I went and looked, and it's true. You're, again... I know what I'm about to tell you is going to blow. I mean, it's it's. if you know enough about the left, you'll understand it's true. But some of you will think I'm making it up because you, you haven't fully understood just how bat crap crazy the left is. But this is the truth. When the Biden administration came into office, they decided to do a major overhaul of the NOTAM system. And what was their overhaul? To change the name because NOTAM, N-O-T-A-M, since it was formed, stood for Notice to Airmen. 
and under the astute leadership of Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, they changed it to notice to air missions to make it gender neutral. And that is the Biden administration's major overhaul of the NOTAM system. No, I'm not making that up. It is the God's honest truth. The change went into effect in December of 2021 under Pete Buttigieg, who insisted that they needed to make everything gender neutral. That is the only major overhaul the Biden administration has made to this system, and it crashed this morning. And there are some who are concerned it might have been a hack. They do not understand why it crashed. The result is that no plane in America was allowed to take off this morning until after 9 o'clock in the morning while they got the system back online because this is the system used to alert you if a runway is closed, if there's been a, a mishap, if there are parachutists in the air near you, anything you need to know while flying, your plane gets a notice on a screen you can read it when you're in an approximate location to where the incident occurred, so you're up on the latest. Uh, whether whether there's too much information, too little information, what have you, the fact is it is a global system each nation implements in its own accord. And in this nation, the Biden administration decided the NOTAM system needed an overhaul, and the overhaul was to make it gender neutral. That's what they spent their time on, not actually fixing it, making it unhackable or anything else. They just wanted to make it gender neutral. It's the priorities, folks. It's the priorities for the left here. They, by the way, they've decided they're not going to get rid of gas stoves anymore after they said they they would consider it. Uh, they want to clarify now, not really, after too many people complained and it came out that the president himself has a gas stove in his house. But the NOTAM system is a critical flight system, according to the FAA. Pilots disagree. Pilots, they need the information, but think it's there's too much information that they can't process all the information because it's too cluttered. They send out too many useless things. But, for example, if you're flying and there is turbulence, bad turbulence, you log it into the NOTAM system and other planes headed in that direction get a notice that there's turbulence ahead. If there's volcanic ash, you log that in the system and other pilots get it. So it's a very useful system. Uh, but it was useful whether it was the notice to airmen or notice to air missions, but it needed upgrades because it's a very old system. It was put in, I think, in like the 1950s or 60s. Uh, it's been around for, let me see if I can find it. Uh, da, 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 da. 1947. That's what it was. 1947 was when this system was developed. It has been implemented several times over time, but at this point, um, it shut down because they haven't upgraded it technically. They just decided to make it gender neutral. Your Biden administration with Secretary Pete Buttigieg at work. I'm, I'm just fascinated that that was what they did now. That I've taken care of that news. I gotta, I gotta go back and revisit something I talked about yesterday. Uh, I highly, genuinely, in all seriousness, encourage you to text data to three three seven seven seven. You need my morning piece today. Uh, you need to see this. I'm gonna walk you through it. It is deeply important. You understand something wicked this way comes. I have mentioned this. Jerome Powell spoke to the Risks Bank yesterday in Sweden. That's Sweden's central bank. It is essentially the Federal Reserve equivalent for Sweden. 
Here's the quote. Price stability is the bedrock of a healthy economy and provides the public with immeasurable benefits over time. But restoring price stability when inflation is high can require measures that are not popular in the short term as we raise interest rates to slow the economy. If that wasn't bad enough, he added the kicker, and it's the kicker you need to pay attention to. He said this in Sweden yesterday, quote, the absence of direct political control over our decisions allows us to take these necessary measures without considering short-term political factors. Let me read that again. The absence of direct political control over our decisions allows us to take these necessary measures without considering short-term political factors. Put it all together, and this is what you get. Restoring price stability when inflation is high can require measures that are not popular in the short term, and the absence of political control over our decisions allows us to take those necessary measures. Pain is coming. They're going to keep raising interest rates. They're going to keep raising interest rates. And they don't have to care about Joe Biden's polling. They don't have to care about the Democrats' polling. They don't have to care about the politics. They don't have to care about the public opinion polling. They don't have to care about the anger. They have to do what they have to do to stop inflation because in their charter, in their mission, and in their minds, inflation is going to kill the economy long-term if they can't get it under control, it's better to smother the economy in its crib than let inflation get out of control. It's like killing baby Hitler. You don't want to kill the baby, but at the same time, you know what will happen if you let it keep going. He's not wrong, by the way. Now, there are some people like, oh, he's saying there's no direct political control. What he's saying is there's indirect political control. There's always been indirect political control of the Fed. They can fire the chairman of the Federal Reserve if they want to. But he's not wrong, and historically it's been a good thing that the Federal Reserve is firewalled from the direct political implications of Elizabeth Warren getting mad at them. Elizabeth Warren can haul Jay Powell up to the Senate and yell at him, but she can't force him to do anything. So interest rates are going to go up still. Jamie Diamond of J.P. Morgan, who everyone in business and economics listens to, says they absolutely need to raise the federal rate up to 5%. They might have to go as high as 6%, but what he recommends is 5% and pause to see what happens for a little while. Get the data. That's probably what's going to happen. But there's a problem. You heard the jobs report. 223,000 jobs created in December. Analysts expected 203,000 jobs. What they actually got was 223,000 jobs, beat expectations. Unemployment is down to 3.5%. It's incredible. We haven't had unemployment this low in a very long time. It sounds very good, and markets reacted positively. But when you pull back the curtain on the data, it's actually very bad news. Why? Because one of the things that happened is that businesses have stopped hiring temporary workers. There's actually been a 25,000 employee loss of temp jobs. Businesses tend to fire all of this up uh, and fire up temporary workers when they see big business coming and they begin to slow it and then recede the temporary workers when they realize something bad is coming. Brian Westbury, the economist, financial advisor, notes that when you also look at the underlying data, we may have set a, um, we may have beat expectations in jobs hired, but workers are actually working less. 
there's a two consecutive month decline in the hours workers are working. So in other words, employers are hiring employees and then not putting them to work because they're worried about shortages. Maybe something will happen. So they're holding them, but giving them less to do. It amounts to actually a reduction of 125,000 people in December, not a hiring of 325,000 because of the amount of hours cut. And then you take into account the temp jobs that have gone away. On top of that, the ISM services report that kind of measures where the economy is headed is below 50%. If it's below 50%, it shows an economy in decline. If it's above 50, it shows a growing economy. It was expected to be a growing economy. And this is actually the first time when you take COVID out of the picture, it's the first time the ISM services number has been below 50 since 2009. It was at 49.6, which means there's an expectation that the economy is going to begin a slow decline. On top of all of that, it suggests we're not anywhere near the 2%. Inflation is going down because energy prices are going down. But when you look at the overall amount of inflation in the economy, it suggests we're in a stagflation period, not a good period. Now, add into that 35% of Americans up from 29% are still holding debt on credit cards month to month. That number's gone up. And the interest rate on credit cards is now higher than it's been since 2000, since 1998. Since 1998, credit card interest rates averages are over 20% now. That's the average interest rate on the credit card is over 20%. More than 35% of Americans are now keeping stuff on credit cards month to month. On top of that, the amount of people who prepay their mortgages, pay off their mortgages early, has hit an all-time low. Four-tenths of 1% of Americans are paying off their mortgages early. That's the lowest number ever recorded. On top of that, mortgage delinquencies are up 3%, and foreclosures are up 19% month over month. So there's an increase in foreclosures. There's an increase in mortgage delinquencies. There's a decrease in prepayment. Wells Fargo is announcing they're getting out of the mortgage business, except in some circumstances. They're the number one mortgage provider in the country, and they say they're winding down their business. These are all bad signs, and it comes as Janet Yellen says she's going to stick around until the end of this term. She was expected to depart. Everyone knew she was going to be the first one to go from the cabinet, and now she's saying she's going to stick around. Something wicked this way comes, and the Federal Reserve is telling us. All this data was in my email this morning. If you text DATA to 33777, you can get it all. See it for yourself. Don't believe me. I've got all the links. You can read the news articles yourself. Something bad is coming in the economy. They're trying to warn us. Probably want to start saving up. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply
supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with the free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. Should you wish to be on this year program for those of you in Atlanta, I'm, I'm it's, it's, it's my program. So I get to do this. I think, um, on this, uh, February 10th, I got a buddy. Uh, his name is Mike Kinnebrew. He's going to be at the Buckhead theater. Uh, and you should go to the Buckhead theater and get a ticket. I'm going to come to his concert on, um, February 10th. It's a Friday. Uh, I forget who he's with, but it, it'll it'll be a great concert. He's a great uh, singer. He's um, been a youth pastor, and he's just kind of, I mean, he's been around singing for a while, and all of a sudden things are just kind of exploding. He needs a haircut, though. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. with Grace Asbury, uh, 7.30 p.m. February 10th at Buckhead Theater. Uh, you can go get tickets. Uh, I'm going to be there. You'll see me there. Um, I'm happy to see him on stage. Now, this is personal note. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I'll 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 push the personal note back and and go to the other important stuff that we got to talk about because with this FAA meltdown while I've been talking a buddy of mine who is in the know and manages these things says that uh he will confirm that yes, there have been no real upgrades about the FAA uh, NOTAM system other than the Biden administration changing it. But he says, in fairness, this goes back years even before Trump that the system is old and needs upgrading and the FAA itself has bureaucratic problems that have made things uh, go along very very slowly for a while. For example, uh, they don't actually use, newer planes use GPS. But overwhelmingly, they still use uh, these tower arrays, and you fl- you don't fly from, say, Atlanta to Dallas, Texas. What you do is you fly from Atlanta to Dallas, but you have to go a certain way through a series of radar checkpoints. Uh, newer planes have the capability just flying straight with GPS and avoiding other planes, but the FAA has dragged its feet in implementing the system overall, and it's added all sorts of layers. Flights would actually go faster if planes were allowed to use the GPS system, but the FAA won't. And this is the same FAA that last year tried to kill 5G wireless, claiming it was going to make planes fall out of the sky when it wasn't true. Um, The FCC said it wasn't true. They tested it. Aviation experts tested it. They said the, the nightmare scenarios weren't true, and yet they ran with it anyway. The FAA, every major federal bureaucracy seems like it could use some overhaul and reform. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, we got to talk about Biden headed to Mexico. Don't forget, you can see me February 10th at Buckhead Theater if you're in Atlanta. My buddy Mike Kinnebrew is going to be singing that night. So I had to get a tux. I've got a tux, but uh, the shirt, I've, uh, I'm have i working on the whole diet and exercise thing. The, the, the coat and the pants are a little tight, but they fit the shirt. The, the neck didn't fit. Everything else was fine. So I, I went out and just got a, a real tux. I have to be the MC tomorrow. Uh, Governor Kemp uh, is his inaugural uh, gala tomorrow night. And I will be the MC of the event. Uh, Luke Bryan is singing 
Uh, it should be a good thing. But uh, this is this one personal for me. It has been, I want to say, probably 15 years since my wife has gone to anything with me uh, in in work. Uh, she, between COVID and her cancer, and she she's not a crowd person. They give her anxiety. Uh, she rarely goes with me anywhere. Um, my daughter's more likely to go with me than my wife, and just decided, you know, she's she's never actually spent time with uh, Brian and Marty Kemp, and she she really is a big fan of Brian's, and so I'm emceeing this thing, and so uh, as long as I get to keep her behind the stage with me, she wanted to go, so she got her her ball gown, and I got my tux, and we're gonna go on a date tomorrow night while I emcee the inaugural gala for the governor of Georgia. It should be fun. Uh, in all seriousness, though, beyond that, let, let me just, just spend a moment on this. Twelve years ago today, I started in radio, if you can believe it. This is the longest job I've ever had. Uh, second longest was being the editor-in-chief of Red State. I did that for a decade, and, and it was time for me to move on at that time. Um, I did that from started when I was 30 and ended when I was 40, and that just seemed like a good time to move on and focus on radio. And I've been here for 12 years, you people have put up with me. And I don't understand why. And now nationwide, not just in Atlanta. Uh, I am the only person in at least uh, the, the last 40 years, from what I've been told, to get a five-day-a-week job on WSP Radio. It is the most listened-to talk radio station in the country. And I'm the only person in the last 40 years to get a uh, five-day-a-week job without starting on the weekend. Now, history is a very interesting thing. When I started my job, shortly thereafter, I took my dad over to see his oldest sister, my Aunt Leela. This has been a number of years ago. She's, she's been dead for a number of years, but she was in her late 90s. Uh, it's this, this massive like age gap. My, my aunt was married uh, and had a kid on the way when my dad was born. And, but we went over and saw my Aunt Leela in Ware Shoals, South Carolina. Uh, by then, she was over in Greenwood, South Carolina, and her first job was at WSB Radio in Atlanta, Georgia, during the Depression. She would play the music on Saturday uh, for Jews going to temple and synagogue, and then on Sunday for Christians going to church. That was her job during the Depression. She helped the family uh, pay the bills. And here I am all these years later on that station and now many more. But it was 12 years ago today, there was this ice storm that rolled through the South. And... I was on my way back from a conference in Kiowa Island, South Carolina, dropped my wife and kids off, and then headed to Atlanta. It had already started snowing, and the ice was coming. I managed to say there's this hotel called the Artmore Hotel just down the street from my office. I parked my car. I went inside. I saw Belinda Skelton and Royal Marshall, who worked with Neil Bortz. Uh, he would actually pass away the the next week and then headed up to WSB to do my show they the valet could not get my car in the garage or in the parking lot it had already started snowing so much it was stuck pile of snow around it ice on the road and then I couldn't get back to the hotel I had to sleep on the floor the first night uh, at WSB and it was cold cold I remember it was cold there were no blankets it was miserable I was finally the next day able to get back to the hotel and then had to check out because they didn't have any rooms, had to go find a different hotel. 
my car uh, slid across Peachtree Street. There was so much ice, people were skating. Like two days after the ice storm, people were skating on Peachtree Street with ice skates. Uh, and a bunch of I, my car went up on the curve, slid on the ice, and a group of drunk Georgia Tech students uh, who were at a Taco Mac, which is a watering hole in Atlanta that I love, a great beer selection. They helped me push it off, and then I went in and had more to drink with them than I should have before getting to my hotel, which was across the street. Um, it's been a wild ride, it really a wild ride. So this whole thing, never really done radio. And then in Macon, WMAC, where I was on the radio until the, the whole rush shake up and, and they had to move me off. And I'm really hoping Cumulus will put me back on in, in Macon one day. I keep getting asked all the time by people when I'm going to be back on. So I'm I, the local radio show host, longtime radio show host, Kenny Bergamy. He was the voice of middle Georgia. He, he left. They brought in a new guy from out of town, and he got arrested in a crack house. I'm not making this story up. He got arrested. And they called me. The news director at the time knew me. I was on CNN and called and said, hey, can you do radio? I had no idea. I said, I'll give it a try. So then 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., miserable. My gosh, do I hate mornings. So I uh, did my call, or did, it did that for three hours, and it's like, okay, that's it. Well, uh, they said at the end of the show, they're like, can you come back tomorrow, please? Sure. So I did another day. Then they fired the guy. So that one day turned into the rest of the week, turned into three months of radio. I got paid in an expired gift certificate to Outback Steakhouse. If, if anything, I, I think the Cumulus folks should put me back on and make it just for having paid me in an expired gift certificate all those years ago. And the only reason I know is I took my wife to dinner and uh, it didn't work. The, the card was expired. <laughs> but along the way, uh, the, the guys at WSB Radio in Atlanta uh, parted ways with a guy named Chris Crock who went to make it and took over the slot. He did not last long. He stirred up too much trouble, and the local NAACP began to protest. What he said was very funny, but there was a really mean person who was on city council uh, with me at the time, uh, and she organized essentially a mob for the local station to move him on. He got promoted to Dallas. He's doing very well in Dallas. Great guy. Um, and, but they brought me back in when, when he departed, and the head of Cox heard me on the radio headed to Disney World and called a guy named Greg Mosheri, who used to be the program director at WSB, offered me a weekend job. I was like, nope, can't do it, don't have the time, got to spend time with my family. I'm doing Red State, I'm on CNN. And so he calls back and asks me to fill in for Herman Cain one night. So I did it. And Rush Limbaugh, his birthday's tomorrow, by the way. Rush was very supportive of me doing it. We had been friends well before I was in radio. Ever since I was running Red State, I got to know Rush. And... So I filled in for Herman that night. They came in after the show. They said, he's running for president. We really want you to take his job. Would you want to replace Herman? I was like, ah, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure. But let me ask my wife. But And I'll, all these ideas in my head, there's just there's no way I can do it. I don't have the bandwidth. What am I going to do? How do I drive to Atlanta every day? It's an hour and a half from my house, hour and 15 minutes. And so I called Rush. One of the few times I've talked to him on the phone. And he's, if you don't do it, I'm never going to talk to you again. If you do do it, I will give you any advice day or night that you need. And he was, until the day he died, good to his word. I took the job and I started 12 years ago today at 9 p.m., January 11th, 
2011, in the middle of an ice storm. All the phone lines at WSB Radio had been taken out, and I had to do a show by myself. And so they assigned me a board op. This board op uh, had been with the morning show, and the guy was older. He didn't want to keep those hours anymore. And so I was going to be 9 to midnight for a couple months, and they were going to move me earlier. And, and I moved into drive time really, really fast. You do not move into drive time unless you've got some level of competence. They, they put me in drive time. But that first week, the guy couldn't get in. They were going to put a system in my house so I didn't have to c- commute. So I'm there that week, and then the next week I come back. Royal Marshall dies, who filled in for Neil Bortz, if if you know Bortz. And Royal died, and I had to fill in for Bortz. I had to do my show, and my board op showed up that night. He hadn't been able to get there in the snowstorm the week before. And I turned to look at him, and there's a big window where the microphone is. I don't know how to work anything in radio. All I know how to do is talk and possibly maybe occasionally hold the ratings and entertain you. Maybe not right now. But nonetheless, this guy is on the other side of the window. I've never met him before. He's going to be my board op for the next God knows how many years. And I point my finger at him to go to commercial. And all I see is his eyes roll back in his head and he falls backwards just like uh, Hamlin did on the football field. I mean, I think guy is dead. Turns out he was drunk. And uh, I don't know how to go to, I can't go to commercial break. I don't know how to turn them. I don't even know. All I know is I push this button. It says on, the microphone comes on. I push this button, the microphone goes off. I push this button. If I got a cough and it mutes the mic for a second, that's all I know. I don't know anything else about radio. I, and I certainly can't like get up and leave the microphone and cause dead air on the most listened to station. So I just talk until the news people are in there and I'm like flagging my arms and going crazy and they run in and, uh, rescue the guy and uh, get me to commercial break. I never saw that guy again. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> Trial by fire. After all that, Pete Spriggs, who was the program director, a week with no phones, and then I have to fill in for Bortz when Royal Marshall dies, and that guy passes out never to be seen again. He says, I think you'll be fine in radio. <laughs> really, that was my first seven days in talk radio, and I've been doing it ever since. And all I can say is thank you all for listening. Uh, It it has been a wild ride. And then after Rush died, um, it's kind of bittersweet here because his birthday is tomorrow. And um, the anniversary of his death will be next month. And he was a, a, I mean, I met him for the first time in person, I think in 2006. And I got to fill in for Rush. For several years, I filled in for Rush. Uh, and I was actually, I've got on my mixer at home, a little button where I can patch straight through past the golden EIB microphone into his studio. Still, I haven't deleted the button, uh, towards the end with their guest host, they had asked me to come back and, and it never worked out schedule wise for me to be able to do it. But after all the contraterms of the Trump years and stuff, they wanted me to come back and, and now instead I'm in a spot and it is his spot. It's not my spot. I feel like I have inherited it to some degree um, and try to do justice to him. But honestly, the the greatest freedom he gave me was to be myself. Don't think I've got to throw out red meat. Don't think I've got to be some sort of uh, performer who says stuff on radio I don't believe is true. Just tell people what I think. Try to make it entertaining. My job is not to save the world, he told me. It is to keep people company. That's the way he said it, too. Not to keep people entertained. It's to keep people company. Uh, particularly in their cars when they're stuck in traffic or they're they're out at lunch from their office. And I hope I do that. And I have rambled on long enough about myself. 
actually is my least favorite topic. Um, Clark Howard says I should talk about myself more. I don't like to. Most boring topic under the sun because I'm not an exciting person. But nonetheless, uh, thank you, Greg and Pete and WSB and now Ken and everybody else. Uh, it's just really weird. This is the longest job I've ever had. And, you know, I used to have those dreams. I still have those dreams on occasion where I can't remember if I actually graduated, like, past my math class in college. Like, I wake up in a cold I Literally, I, I've done this. It's been a couple of years now. Wake up in a cold sweat. Like, did I actually take my – did I graduate from college? Am I a fraud? Did I, did I really take that math class? Because I never went to my math class. I got an A in math, and I went for the exam, and that was about the first day of the exam, and I never went in between, and I still – I do that. And, and now I wake up anxiously at night – uh, what if I screw radio up? What, 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 would I have to be a lawyer again? That would be miserable. I can't screw this up. Um, and it's just, it's a wild thing to finally have a job in my life that I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I, I, God's got some sort of plan and I don't know what it is. I just assumed everybody in America could sit down behind a microphone and talk for three hours. I, I really, I, I genuinely had this idea that anybody could do this job. And there are lots of people. I get emails every day from people who think they could do a do it better than me, and they want me to know it. And after twelve years, I finally realized that actually, no, most people could not sit here for three hours a day and talk without some sort of script or anything. Um, but for some reason, I can. Uh, it's the only time I've got a wife and two kids. This is the only time of day I get to talk anyway. So, nonetheless, thank you guys. I need to move on to the news. I've been selfish. Before I do, let me tell you about, and thank you to Eden Pure for being one of my longtime uh, sponsors of this program. Good people who make a great product, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It is an odor eliminator. You can use it as an air purifier, but I tell people all the time, I use it just to eliminate odors. If I've got a car, a rental car, and this has happened to me more than once, someone's been smoking in it, Lord knows what, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you just fire it up, walk away, close the doors. It, you can use a USB cord in the car. And it just wipes out the odors. Or litter box, pet odors, hotel odors, musty odors, smoke odors, you name it. It wipes out the odors. You can get three of them at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, at EdenPureDeals.com. Uh, my buddy Jason has a lake house they bought, and the woman they bought it from had smoked in the house for years. So the place they've been trying everything to get get... Uh, the smell out of the house. And what he settled on is he got these three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. He used this deal. And so he places them around the house. And when they're not there, they just turn them on and let it work. He says it's, it is really working to get the, the the lifelong odor of smell out of a house. These things just work. Uh, you can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, at EdenPureDeals.com. In all seriousness, I the economic data today is so important for you to see and read Jay Powell's quote for yourself. If you text DATA to 33777, click the top link, get my show notes email, read that data for yourself. Um, it really is uh, something. And uh, by the way, I, I got to give a – I know he's listening right now because he just emailed me um, – uh, Chris actually sent me the this news link I've started relying on, DS News, all the, the housing news information, uh, the mortgage data, the foreclosure data, things in the housing market are not going well right now. And that tends to be a harbinger of more things to come. All right, we've got to move on because I am way behind, selfishly took a little time to talk about myself. Um, the president is in Mexico.
And, well, you've got AMLO there, the president, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. He, well, I just, let me play you his audio. You, President Biden, you are the first president of the United States in a very long time that has not built not even one meter of wall. And that, we thank you for that, sir. That is AMLO, the president, and his interpreter, the, the, the female, that, that's not his voice. That's the interpreter's voice that uh, congratulating Joe Biden on not building a single meter of wall, which, by the way, that's not actually true. Uh, in part of McAllen, Texas, the president uh, actually ordered them to finish up uh, a couple hundred yards of Trump's wall. It was it was an area of, of high uh, passing. And so he actually got him to do it. So it's not true. Biden, of course, doesn't want the left to know he did that because he doesn't want them to attack him for building the wall. But then he won't actually. I mean, so when you are faced with a wall, a long wall, but you know if you keep walking in either direction, you will come to a gap in the wall. What do you do? Well, you walk down the wall until you come to the gap and you go through. It's what Biden has done, essentially. It's it's, it's dumb. But he actually did build a portion of the wall. He, he doesn't really deserve credit because he won't actually build it all the way through. He's leaving these gaps in for people to walk through. But this is becoming a real problem for the administration. They are beginning to realize how big the problem is. In particular, they will realize the problem is big because the Republicans now have the House back and they can highlight it more by bringing in the Border Patrol agents to tell the story. Also, the White House is in full damage control mode over the president having classified documents. And it turns out some of them were related to Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we got to figure out how now there are old documents from when he was in the White House. So they predate Trump. They predate the current crisis, but they were about the Ukrainian situation. And we want to know why exactly did he have those documents and how did he not know they were there? What's the real story here? The House Republicans are going to investigate the White House in full damage control mode. I have the details, but first the stove ban, they're running that back as fast as they can.